Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in Google Play today. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong. As she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman, of course. Well, I want to talk a little bit about some information I saw from Nielsen. And those of you know how much I love my research. And I thought this was particularly interesting. Um, Nielsen was tracking mobile shopping. And we know mobile mobile shopping is really on the on the increase. That is not news. But what I thought was news was what Nielsen did. And they took a look at the different devices and how people are using them when it comes to shopping. And I thought this was particularly useful to listeners today because we're all trying to figure out how to crack the code on mobile. So first and foremost, uh, what Nielsen is saying that U.S. mobile shoppers are using their devices most most frequently in the home. So you're sitting on your couch doing something else, doing some shopping. We've all been there and done that. I know you have. Uh, Most of the time we're watching TV, according to Nielsen. Well, apparently, according to Nielsen, tablet owners are doing this more than those on their smartphone, and they're doing product research first and foremost, followed by purchasing physical items. So keep that in mind. Now, when it comes to smartphone shoppers, they're more active outside the home, um, but they read reviews, and they're using social media to make a comment on a purchase. So keep that in mind. Overall, between smartphone users and tablet users, tablet users are more likely to make a purchase overall. So if you're targeting um, smartphone users, know that tablet users are the ones making more of those purchases. Now, say you're standing in aisle at a retail store. What's happening there? Well, guess what? You're using your smartphone, and on the way to the store, 70% of smartphone shoppers are using a store locator to plan their trip. Once you get an aisle, you're organizing your list. You're also checking prices, and, yep, you're downloading coupons and trying to save some money as well. And um, smartphone shoppers are more likely to use mobile coupons as well as use that smartphone for payment, which I thought was interesting. Now, let's say you get back to the house. What are you doing there? Well, guess what? 20% of you are writing comments on social media, um, and you're writing reviews of what you just purchased. 17% of you are following up on your purchases by looking up information on a complimentary product. So isn't that pretty cool? I had 
no idea that so many of us thought it might be a good idea to go purchase something then back home and look for something to go with that. But it's only 17%. Keep that in mind. Um, and then, of course, we're all tracking the progress of our online purchase orders as well. So anyway, I found that to be new information. I hope you did too. Her first profile today, the Gucci girl, is definitely connected, and I can guarantee you she's shopping wherever and whenever she can. She's a single woman in her late 20s, early 30s with that higher income, very fashion-forward, nearly 2 million of these women out they're college grads, employed full-time, no kids. They keep up with fashion. They buy the latest every season. They switch up their style. They like to experiment. They just like physical act of going and shopping. So, yeah, they like to go into retail outlets, but they also shop online a lot as well. They're looking to make a statement and stand out in a crowd as well. Uh, when they're in retail, they're shopping Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus, Banana Republic, and Taylor and Express. They're buying, they're driving Infinity and Cadillac and Nissan, which I thought Cadillac was an interesting choice. Uh, when it comes to media, um, they're reading lots of fashion magazines that you might expect, like Cosmo and Glamour and In Style. Uh, Shape and Self are also big, as well as Vogue. They're doing a lot of magazine consumption. They're online at all the typical places, the news outlets, social connections social networking places that you would imagine as well. And on cable, they're watching HGTV, TLC, E, um, and Bravo, big ones with that group. Well, my guest today uh, knows a lot about family demographics, specifically the working woman. Not the Gucci girl, but the working woman. Kristen Smith, a research assistant professor at the University of New Hampshire. She's a family demographer at the Carsey Institute. And her research focuses around women's labor force participation and work family policy. She recently published a co-edited book, Economic Restructuring and Family Well-Being in Rural America. And before all of that, um, she's also worked with the U.S. Census Bureau for seven years. So she brings a lot of insight into family dynamics. And uh, today she's going to share what I found to be pretty interesting statistics and research around uh, what the recession has done when it comes to uh, women's um, contribution to the household income. So stick around. Christmas Smith will join me right after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't.
don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. The Hook with Katie Kempner. On demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Joining me today is Kristen Smith. She's a family demographer at the Carthy Institute, as well as a research assistant professor of sociology at the University of New Hampshire. She recently published a co-edited book called Economic Restructuring and Family Well-Being in Rural America. And I'm thrilled to have Kristen on because we're going to be talking about women in the workplace. Kristen, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Maria, for your interest in my research. I'm so happy to be speaking with you today. Uh, I, I really found your research quite insightful, and I know you have even uh, some even later research, more recent research that you'll be talking about as well. But before we get into all of that, please do tell us about the Carthy Institute and the work that you do there. Sure. Um, the Carthy Institute um, is, part of, is, is, ho- is housed at the University of New Hampshire, and we conduct policy research on vulnerable children, youth, and families, and we also uh, look at a sustainable community development. Um, my research within the Carsey Institute focuses on women in work, um, most, mostly on women's employment, uh, work and family policy, and gender equality. But um, for the, the past uh, few years, I've been focusing in on um, women's wife's contribution to family economic well-being um, and how families cope with economic turmoil um, as witnessed by this latest recession. Well, an economic turmoil, family turmoil, lots of turmoil coming out of the economic recession for sure. And that's exactly the research that caught my eye. Um, It was really around the importance of female income coming out of, well, really at the start of that recession, coming out of the recession as well. You've been tracking it for a while now. I know back in 2010, your report showed that employed wives' contribution to total family earnings had leapt 47%, which I thought was amazing. It was the largest single-year increase during the past 15 years. And, um, of course, that was all related, or a lot of it was related, I think, uh, to the Great Recession. And then, um, you know, I'm just curious, when, when you saw that and you, you went through the research, did you feel that it was a matter of women going back to work in general, going back part-time to full-time, you know, really kind of what were women doing at that time? What was their reaction to the recession? And then at the same time, what was happening to men's income as well? Right. So I've been tracking women's employment for the past decade, and I've also been looking at wives' 
um, an employed wife in particular, their contribution to family earnings. So I've been seeing this steady and slow kind of increase from year to year, but not large jumps. So it's sort of a, a trend, upward trend, but not a very steep upward trend. And with the um, onset of the Great Recession, I took notice of the large job loss of men during that time, and immediately I wondered, what's happening in the family because of all of this job loss, to, you know, this particularly men's job loss? Um, and in 2009, I published uh, my first Carsey brief, and then I've sub- subsequently published two more um, on the, this rise during the, the recession, which you noted. Um, in that second year of the recession, there was a jump of two percentage points um, in one year, which is is a large increase for something that goes up maybe half a percentage point each year. So to have this really large jump in one year was very significant, and, and it was really telling for what was happening in the family and in households, in particular in married couple households. Um, I've... I've also been looking, um, so I published three Carsey briefs, but then I've also been looking at academic research, um, doing academic research as well. Um, and some of that I looked at um, whether wives were entering the, rec- the, the workforce when their husbands lost their job. Um, and so the, the next few comments are sort of based on all this accumulated knowledge that I've gained over the last four years from my research. We, um, we're seeing several things going on, which is bumping up this, this wife's contribution. One is, and, and sort of the real big gorilla in the room, is this large job loss on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, among men. So mm-hmm. um, that's, a, that's a big one. But also we're seeing that non-employed wives, so wives who were not in the paid labor force prior to the recession, um, when their husbands lost their job, they entered the labor force and mm-hmm. became... Um, breadwinners, and also wives who were in the labor force and in paid employment who were working perhaps part-time increased their um, their work hours to full-time if their husband lost their job during the recession. So it's a combined, um, it's a combination of multiple factors going on which all sort of point to the, the dramatic change that was caused by the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know back when the recession first hit, it was called a man session for that very reason. More men than women were losing their jobs, but we also know that over the course of time, men have recovered some of those jobs. Um, at the same time, we also know that women are losing some jobs. I mean, it was still definitely not on stable ground. And I'm, I'm curious, when you talk about family incomes taking a hit, are we talking incomes across all levels, or did you see a major shift in certain income levels, say maybe the working middle class or um, upper class or lower class, or was this just basically across, across the board? Um, so... I want to just back up and explain the measure that I'm using in my research. Okay. So it's, it's a ratio of wife's earnings over the combination of their earnings plus their husband's earnings. So it's, it's the ratio of wife's earnings to total family earnings. And um, wife's contribution to total family earnings is generally less if the husband is a high earner. So if the husband is a high earner, then um, wives typically don't 
contribute as much because their husbands contribute a lot more. Um, and generally, husbands um, earn more than wives in married couple families. So um, even so, this recession hit so many people, and it, was, it hit many industries. I mean, the financial industries were hit as well. Um, as well as construction and real estate and manufacturing. So this recession did hit many occupations and many different types of of families. Um, But given that that higher-earning husbands and higher-earning men and women in general don't lose their jobs during recessions to the same extent that lower-earning men and women do, this recession um, and and this... um, we really saw this this effect of wife's contribution rising um, across the the middle income and across the working class, but less so among um, the higher income families. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for putting that all in perspective, and I can see definitely why that would be the case based on your explanation. But here we are. It's been, gosh, for five years, right? Five years five, six years. Uh, We're in 2013, the middle of the year. Have we seen a shift to less of a reliance on female incomes now that the the great recession has really passed? Again, we're we're still in, you know, uncertain economic times, but we're officially past the great recession. Have things leveled back to pre-recession levels? Are we still seeing women's incomes as important as ever? That is such a great question, and that's the question I'm asking every year when the new data comes out. Where are we now? Where are we now? So um, in 2008 and 2009, we saw this rise, and then in 2010 and 2011, um, it's really been flat, and the most recent data that we have available is from 2011. The way that the question is asked on the current population survey, which is a U.S. Census Bureau survey of um, the nationally representative sample of American households, the question refers to, it's asked in the spring, and it refers to your earnings in the previous year. So the 2012 data refers to 2011 um, earnings. And the 2013 data will be coming out in September, so I'm very eager and anxious to to look at that data and see what happened in 2012 because up until 2012, so through 2011, there had there was some job growth, absolutely, um, but not nearly to the extent that we had job loss. Um, the the 2000 the um, the Great Recession, um, we lost 7.5 million jobs over that that 18-month recession. And there were months in the beginning of 2009 where 600,000 jobs were shed each month for a total of three or four months. So we still have a long way to go to dig out of that hole. Um, We're typically adding around 200,000, 300,000 jobs each month, which you know, at that rate, it's going to take a very long time to, to dig back to where we are. Where we are. Um, but with that said, I think um, with this new data, it'll be very interesting to see what, um, what, what has happened um, over 2012 where we did have job growth. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're on pins and needles until next month. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to report back and let me know what you found out when those numbers come out. Now, I know you just presented a paper just really within the last few weeks, actually, that shows something really significant about recessions and women's paychecks. Can you share that with us? Absolutely. So I just um, presented a paper two weeks ago at the American Sociological Association meetings in New York. And I was interested in looking, I've been looking at this most recent recession and seeing this large increase in wife's contribution during these recession, this recession. And I was curious, well, is it just this recession because it's so, you know, everything is so much larger in size and scope? Or is this, is this a recession, uh, is this an effect of recessions where wife's earnings or wife's contribution or their share of the total family earnings sort of gets accelerated during recessions. And so I, I've um, presented data looking back to 1976 and covering four recessions in that time period and found that actually recessions appear to be um, bumping up and accelerating wife's contribution um, to family earnings. So in a nutshell, what I did was I looked at the the rise the pace of the of the rise during recessions and compared that that pace to the pre-recession years that were preceding that recession and found that although there may have been increases in wife's share over the non-recession years the pace of change was much larger during the the recession years which were typically only 2 years or maybe only 1 year so um, I found that very interesting and, and very insightful um, for, for policymakers and other researchers as mm-hmm. well. You know, it's really insightful. I'm going to kind of go off the grid right now because it's not something we've talked about. But it, it kind of reminds me of a conversation I was having with a, a, a guest that I'm going to have on purse strings and next, oh, I think it's going to be in October. And we were talking about this very issue of women's representation representation in the workforce. And, you know, she was of the idea that during hard economic times, there are fewer jobs out there. And as a result of there being fewer jobs, that fewer women are being cultivated in the workforce because that's just seen as not as a necessity. And I know that you're looking more at the data and, and looking at, say, like the middle class, the working class. Those are where we're seeing more participation of of women in those areas. But I'm just curious, your data would seem to to lead me to believe that there's actually more opportunity for women in the workplace because their contributions have been bumped up in times of recession. That's That's a great question. That's something that I've been looking at, actually, in some other research. Um, So there's two... Two points that I think are relevant to this, and again, I haven't I haven't seen the research of your other guest, so I'm not sure um, what you know she may have, she or he may have um, other research that's showing this this other trend. But um, what I have seen, just looking at numbers, um, just just percentages, is women um, their their employment going up slightly during recessions. Um, which you know is very interesting, and also um, there's there's a economic term called the added worker effect, and 
when uh, husbands lose their jobs, this, uh, the theory is that someone else in the family, most likely the wife, will um, enter the labor, labor force and um, try to you know, gain, um, gain money so that they can smooth out consumption during that time when the husband is out of the labor force. And I have found an added worker effect in the last three recessions showing that wives do enter the labor force when their husbands lose their jobs. And Mm -hmm. I compared that to one non-recession time period, and there wasn't that same effect. So it seems Mm -hmm. to be um, a recessionary um, circumstance rather than just when husbands lose their jobs, wives Mm -hmm. enter the labor force. Interesting. Um, yeah, that, that's fascinating. And that kind of, I, I guess, leads me to one of my other questions is, you know, women are getting bumped up. They're contributing more. As you said, they may have gone for not being in the for- labor force and suddenly being in the labor force or being going from part-time to full-time. So does that mean that families, and this is kind of I think a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, have more disposable income? Or is it still that they're just still recovering and barely keeping up with bills? I mean, I think we keep hoping that we see the numbers improve, but, I mean, you're in the data all day long. What, what's your thought about this? Right. So if you just look at median family income um, over time during the recession, we saw that that dropped um, and it hasn't really come back yet. Now, again, I'm really interested in the next data set that would be um, mm-hmm. showing the 2012, because I think we're going to see um, turnaround during the, the two, 2012 year, the year of 2012. Um, but up until 2011, um, families were still uh, coping and, and trying to figure out, um, you know, how to pay the bills and, and that kind of thing. Um, there's been a lot of indicators that come out monthly showing that they're uh, over 2012, there has been more growth in a, a variety of indicators. Um, so I'm very hopeful that we will see uh, a change mm-hmm. in the 2012 data. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. We're we're going to take a quick break. Otherwise, I'll never get this break in, and George, my producer, will be very upset with me. And when we come back, have a few more questions about the impact on families when you have two working parents. So more from Kristen Smith when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. 
You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial, Moby Mantis, text radio to 21691. That's radio to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Hi, this is Victor Pitts, host of Domain Masters, one of the longest-running radio shows on webmasterradio.fm. We'll show you how to utilize domains to drive traffic to your business, plus we'll discuss power tools of the trade and the power players of the industry. Domain Masters, on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back. I've been chatting today with Kristen Smith. She's a family demographer at the Carsey Institute and a research assistant professor of sociology at the University of New Hampshire. Her research has really been focused on women's labor force participation and work and family policy. And we've been talking about some data, um, some research that she's been she's been monitoring on an annual basis since, gosh, back in 2008 when the um, economic Great Recession happened. And really, it's all about women, uh, what recessions do when it comes to women getting back in the workforce. And we've been talking about uh, what happened initially was there was these huge jumps of women either going from no job to full-time in the workforce or going from part-time in the workforce to full-time in the workforce and really how our contribution to the family unit has increased over this time. And that leads me to my next question, Kristen, is what is the impact on families when two working parents are working more than potentially ever they've ever worked before? Um, great. So I think that the recession, what we're finding from the recession is that maybe parents um, have been switching roles. So uh, the husband has lost their job and then the wife becomes the breadwinner or the primary breadwinner, if you will. Um, and so, you know, it may be that families are working more than ever, but I'm not sure that this recession um, has really increased people's, increased overall um, work hours. Um, but clearly when there's two working uh, working parents in the in the household, there's um, a lot of work that needs to be done in the home and a lot of work that needs to be done outside the home, and um, that can cause conflict. Um, it also can, you know, maybe parents are sleeping a little less, um, trying to get all their uh, responsibilities taken care of. Yes, exactly. It can 
cause a lot of dysfunction within families and even at the workplace. So I'm curious, are you seeing companies, the government, frankly anyone, adopting workplace policies to accommodate for, you know, more and more families having to do that juggle? So I think specifically to uh, during the recession, I don't think there was a lot of incentive for companies to um, create uh, new initiatives for job flexibility and family-friendly workplaces. However, if you take the long-time look, um, companies have been um, adding these to their benefits, adding these to their their uh, repertoire of things that they can use to um, to sort of lure, if you will, uh, valuable um, prospective employees into into their company. Um, however, you know this, this large uh, cost of turnover. I think some companies are realizing that that is. Um, an important um, thing to try to stave off, and so um, they can use job flexibility as a way to um, bring people in. I mean, I do think there's been this rise over the long term in more family-friendly workplaces. However, there are so many uh, working parents who do not have access to these benefits um, that, you know, there's still a long way to go. Mm-hmm. A lot, long way. Way to go for sure. Change is very, very slow. And I'm curious because family policy is something that you more than dabble in. Um, are there policies on your radar that you feel like need to change to become more family friendly? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, um, there's three that I can think of. Um, having paid sick days mm-hmm. for working parents is, is crucial um, for themselves, but also for a sick child. Um, also having paid family leave in the event of a sick parent or a, um, or a, a maternity or paternity leave, that kind of um, circumstance in people's lives. Um, and also childcare, um, increasing quality and availability and reducing the cost of childcare for those who have particularly preschool-aged children, but also um, Elementary school age children is very very important for families um, who are trying to nav- navigate both uh, paid work and um, family life. Oh, it's absolutely critical um, because we all know that um, child care is such an expense, and for many families, it makes more sense for them to stay at home with the kid than pay as the extreme cost for child care because they're barely breaking even. So I agree with you. I think that's just a critical need. Um, Kristen, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your insight into the research. I think those of us in the workforce, we know more women are in the workforce, but it's just interesting that you've tracked it so deeply over the last few years, and I know you're going to continue to do that. And we're all anxious to see what September brings, so let us, let us know about that data. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah, you bet. And thank you to everyone who joined me today. I appreciate you listening in and join me right here for another edition of First Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. And until then, make it a great one.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.